Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass-Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass-Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. I'm also joined by John Nash, host of the Show Money podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, and Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Today, we're looking ahead to UFC 278. But first, let's have a look back and see how we fared on last night's card. And two weeks in a row, I'm in first. What's happening here? Would everyone here kindly step to the rear and let the winner lead the way? Yes. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's it still doesn't change much. Let me just look at the yearly. T- oh my God, you're only a couple behind me. Okay, this is now. I'm starting to sweat bullets. All right, all right, we gotta gonna have to pay attention. Well, we all week. had well, we all had the same picks, except you deviated in one regard. And which regard was that? I don't. Mer- Merzakhanov, I had one additional pick. So ah, that's right, yeah. that's so right. Because you were made... playing win, don't lose. No, because yes, I actually yes, I remember now. And uh, see, now you're going to attack me. Come on now. And I'm going to have to say, I should never have listened to you guys on the Hill Pick. I should never have listened to you. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's 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 take a look at the card. We're going to start at the top and work our way down. Let's look at Marlon Vera defeating Dominic Cruz. And I got to tell you, I didn't like the way that happened. That way that went down my Goodness, that was so hard to watch. I mean, hey, for team old guy, it was your. I agree. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll give uh, Marlon Vera his flowers. He is clearly, you know, on his way up. But man, that was a stepping stone right there that probably isn't as significant as say if he were to beat uh, Jose Aldo or or Piotr Jan. Um, I feel like uh, he just he just got fed. That's what I feel like. Well, and also, you know what? It, it, there are ways that you can lose that are less painful than other ways. But that was like George St. Pierre painful. Like he said that uh, we analyzed this. We thought, you know, when he dips out to the right, so, you know, have a, have a, a series of combinations. And then when he dips out for the right, just so it was like, you got red, you know, it wasn't even like, okay, I out cardioed you. I just melee attack. I have a flirt. You, you just got surgically did this, not even dismantled. Cause that would imply over the course of the fight, it was competitive right up through, but he was just like, made the adjustments looked and goes, I gotcha. And he did. And that, that you could see. And I think in his adult state at first, I saw uh, uh, Cruz starting to take off his gloves and I think maybe somebody like, nah, come on, you don't want to, in the heat of whatever, you don't want to do this, right? So, um, you know, to retire on something, like, just go think about whatever. But that was a painful loss. I wish he had left his gloves there. I, I would have been 
just fine with it. He's had a really, really great career. This is the first time he's lost in a non-title bout. So I, I feel like... I don't feel... Do you feel... I don't feel as bad. There are a lot of people who I feel should get out of there faster, worse, and now. Yeah, I don't feel as bad seeing him in there, if you know what I mean. Like, okay, who's the guy that just cut finally? Like, they listened to us. Alvy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I couldn't stand to watch that anymore. Cerrone couldn't stand to watch that yeah. anymore. I think Cruz is still game, just not... not Here I am making the sign of the belt around my waist. Just not that game. Yeah, um, but still, what I'm saying is that I would have been okay if he had. Yes, um, yes, It yes. wouldn't have bothered me at all. I'm not going to yes. say, oh, it's not time. You know, you've still got something left. Uh-uh, I'm not right. doing that. Right, right. Um, it's but- like if, if John were to retire. You're like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm here to announce my retirement. Leave my gloves, <laughs> leave my key- <laughs> keyboard, keyboard on the desk here as I walk away. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I agree with Steph, though. Actually, I wouldn't have mind him retiring because... It, 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 the purpose is at his point at his accolades is to win the championship again. That's his, mm. you know, that's kind of his goal. His mission, right. Is to win mm. the championship. This loss means he's got to win two, three fights minimum to be back in the, the picture. And mm. it's like, well, his age and, and obviously his deteriorating ability compared to where he was, it's a very unlikely. Does he want to take more punishment? Does he want to, even though he's, you know, he's done a good job of not getting hit driving fans nuts in the process by, you know, playing his style. It's still, he's at a point where he could start getting knocked out a lot. Is it, he makes probably a pretty decent living as a commentator and, and he gets paid something as a fighter, but he's not like, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't Manny Pacquiao collected 20 million a fight or even, you know, Tim Brad, you know, someone making millions. It's like, you know, a couple hundred, 175,000 is nice, but he doesn't fight that much. I could see him retiring. I, I was impressed though. Cause I thought he looked really good and was really impressive as usually when he fights, he has like a striking percentage, of like 20% and his opponent has like 15%, you know, some re- just an awful kind of style often, but this, he was, he was not getting hit for most of the fight, but he was striking at like a 40, 45% clip, which is yeah. unheard of for him. I was, yeah. I was super impressed until I wasn't until he was, nose was well, broken. And also you could see uh, what I liked was like, uh, uh, Rivera kind of going like, Oh, Oh shit. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that as an old guy. I did enjoy that moment. Like, uh, you thought I was washed? Nah, nah. And so it was, but he didn't like third round made the adjustment. You know, I was like, all right, I got you. I got you. Um, so, you know, John mentioned there that uh, Dominic Cruz got 175,000. Yeah. And he was the the top earner on the card. Now, Marlon Vera got 300, but that was because he got a win bonus. He got no. 150 to show, 150 uh to to win. I'm sure Dom would have gotten 100 uh, extra 175 if he had won, but uh the the thing about this is it was a tremendous card lots of tremendous finishes and again they were picky and choosy and couldn't find it in them to throw out a few extra bonuses and i am drawn to luke rockhold's statements that yeah complaining about that and to your statement last night eugene and and your reply to it john when someone talked about how what an 
outstanding fight had just happened. You went, yes, that was. What did they make? 12000 And John I said Jerry, that. Yeah, I, that's what I just said, Eugene. Listen here. Yeah. <laughs> and then John I got beans. I got beans in my ears, so <laughs> I can't help. Okay. And then John replied to you without missing a beat. That's what they're supposed to make. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Dana's yeah, that was great. So, I mean, it's really, really difficult um, that Dominic Cruz, you know, took that yeah. kind of beating and didn't get anything extra for it, you know? Well, yeah. to make you more depressed, a couple yeah. things. One is oh, you, you, no. you add all the purses together and the bonuses, and I think the total amount was not counting maybe undisclosed payments. We're probably not a, there's probably not much for this fight if at any undisclosed because this is not the type of fight that has like side letter fighters or there's no pay per view points. So total purses reported the caliper was like one point three million. Yeah. Uh, so. Teofimo Lopez fought campus loss. Lopez's contract, I believe, still might even be higher now, was a minimum guaranteed per fight of $1.25 million. <laughs> And so with campus, so the, those two probably made more than this entire card. And the gate, wasn't it like $1.7 So the gate alone would have covered all the fighters' purses on this card. And they don't yeah. even depend on their gate. They don't. They don't get a cut of gift, but the gate covers the purses. That means all the TV revenue, all the sponsorship money, everything else that the UFC makes from this event, they get to keep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like it. Get, I don't know. I don't want to keep being this guy, but it just gets you're you're. And listen, and to a certain extent, I defend like free market capitalism. If I was going to give out peach pie as a prize, and guys were lining up like, screw it, I want the peach pie. Who am I to say that it's not worth peach pie? But I do have I do have certain rights as a viewer, you know, and uh, and I got to square them with like what I see when I look in the mirror. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, as, a, as a, also as a supporter of capitalism, I'm a supporter, though, of of competitive cap, actually market based capitalism, not captured capitalism, where one entity has all the power because then you don't have what capitalism needs, which is markets competing. But here's yeah. one other thing someone said last night to me that kind of taught me. And I don't know, I don't have the audio up when I watch these fights. So, Steph, you'll have to tell me, is it true fans were cheering, thank you, Dana, during the main event? I don't know what they were cheering. <laughs> you know? Apparently a chant of thank you, Dana, came up. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Yuck. Anyway. Well, you know, you know what, you know what? There's there's something I, I've been ranting on recently when it comes to uh, religion and about how disturbing it is for me to see people uh, 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 love the axe handle, <laughs> and then somebody summed it up perfectly uh, 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 with a meme, and Jesus is knocking on the door, and he says, uh, "Let me in, you know, so I can spread forgiveness. Forgiveness for what?" for what I'm about to do to you if you don't let me in. I mean, it's just this weird Stockholm Syndrome relationship that we have with this the, the bald one. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just old enough to remember when he did not own the, the oopsie. Mm. And uh, I don't say that things were better then. And, of course, Peretti ran it into the ground. But I don't know. Uh, it violates my American sense of fair play. But then I think my American sense of fair play is like, ah, you own it. Now we own it. Here's some beads. So, you know, maybe that's the American sense of fair yeah, play. People miss is, um, is everybody blames Zufa, but SEG had basically everything in their contracts. They did everything the same. They just 
they just couldn't make money because they're off pay-per-view. But really, when when Zufa bought SEG, they the, the same game plan that SEG had, they followed, continued uh, to follow. That's they did every you know, we're gonna get legalized, we're gonna get back on TV, we're gonna get on TV and on pay-per-view, we're gonna keep these contracts, we're gonna control the auxiliary revenue. All that stuff was from there from the you know, before Zufa even bought it. Wow. And I think, you know, what disturbs me more is is the nose-thumbing thing, you know? <laughs> that really, the, the impunity, like, you know, it's my money. If I want to give the Nelk, Nelk boys, Nelk brothers $250,000, if I want to give a waitress a $10,000 tip, I'm going to do it. Screw you. And I sort of defend that as well. You're right. You can spend your money how you like. But what is this obsession with letting us know that you're doing that? How... If I'm a fighter on you, I'm just I'm supposed to be thankful. Huh? I'd be better off being a, a waiter, right? <laughs> or a elk boy. It's it's clear, but I, I you know I don't know I don't. Well, want to I'll, I, before well, one last thing, I'm going to step to this because she probably talks to a lot more people than I do, and uh, but from the people I've talked to, a lot of managers and fighters were not happy with Dana White's recent comments that were <clears throat> they make what they're supposed to make. That this I said mm-hmm. the, the pay is fine. That boxing's ruined, but. Uh, what are the odds that any fighter comes out and says anything publicly that they don't like? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't see that happening. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, and it's also, I mean, you know, the, the man's character is writ large, right? I mean, I just thought it was curious, this whole, okay, the media, I want to blame to a certain extent for this, but this whole Oscar de la Hoya thing, right? Where, like, I, you know, uh, Okay, I, I'm, not, I'm barely paying attention. So he makes some sort of uh, apology, and the bald one says, yeah, I can appreciate that, but I still don't forgive him. And it's like, you know, there are lessons that you get. What is that, that great line from Snatch? Or, uh, yeah, Snatch, where he goes, you don't bring a guy this size unless you're trying to send a message without saying something. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he, 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 he said a message without saying something. It's like, I'm not going to forgive De La Hoya. Much like, go ahead, try it, you know. Um, so I don't know, I don't know. It's it's a, another line from uh, from Deadwood. He goes, "Yankton is muscle," and I don't like muscle. I just I, I don't like it. I don't like the bullying. I don't like it, you know. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, give Marlon Vera his flowers because we're not taking anything yes. away from him. I no, I, I love this guy. Yeah, me too. He's great, mean, great. He's just, starving i that's how he fights he fights like he's just not had a meal in months so i love that and i see him just eating everything in his path i would did, like no did, i couldn't hear i mean something i don't know my feed was weird but uh when they said who do you want to fight next what was his answer to that did you hear or did he say anything he did but you know what i was already prepping to uh do the sixth round post fight show so i had to turn the tv off Oh, okay. So as soon as the events are over, I'm already starting the to get all my equipment set up and uh, do everything. Did John? Did you? You, you don't listen with the sound, so you didn't hear. Yeah. No, no. I, I yeah. I, I keep it very low, so I didn't hear any of that. But okay. Yeah. Right. So I'm not a person that. All right. So then, where, where uh, we don't need to hear what he said. Well, where where do you think he goes from here? Well, I mean, here's what I would like, Jose Aldo. Is fighting mm-hmm. Merab Devalishvili. I would like to see the winner of that fight uh, Cheeto Vera next, for mm-hmm. and let the the winner of that fight for the belt next. Okay. That's what I would like to see. John. All right, all right, all right. If I'm Sterling, 
is if I beat uh, if I win my next fight, Dillashaw, I immediately call out. So let's put me against Aldo. Don't don't give a elimination match versus Aldo. Give me let me let me fight him. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I'm I'm just saying. I mean, nothing against Aldo, but I think for Sterling, that's the that's the move. That's the yeah. They won't do it for him, but that's the move. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably put Cheeto in there, huh? <laughs> Sugar Shane has amused me this week as well with his uh, his crawling, butt licking performance of the year. Uh, Well, nothing I hate more than a yes man, isn't that right, O'Malley? And that's right, boss. Yeah, yeah, fighters shouldn't be complaining about their pay. And and then of course, then he seated the cloud quite nicely. Yeah, I could see losing to Jan. Oh, oh you could, huh? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, I saw All that right. too, and that made me laugh. That what happened to this guy? I'll never lose. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. That guy's nobody gone. in this division can beat me. I think it's called managing expectations, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> has has okay. uh, Sugar Sean finally started growing up? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think it's clever. I, it's just setting the stage for you know. Yeah, you know, I knew there were some things I needed to work on, and I, but I'm still at the game by my t-shirts or whatever. You know, <laughs> wherever he's going with that. All right. So, anyways, let's get to this co-main event because it was fire. Okay, listen, it's my already. It is my fight of the year. I mean, hands down, I haven't seen a better fight. Holy crap! This and this year has been packed. With really great fights like this, however, this one, this took years off lie uh, off both their lives. Okay, they fought tooth and nail. I don't even know what I was seeing. It was so exciting, man. These guys, they they both came back from the dead. It was insane. you talk about you talk about uh, land weir and onama. Yes, my God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eugene, you were on the money last year when you said that you liked Landwehr and then we all decided not to pick this because we just had a real meh feeling about it because I mean that's not your typical co-main event it's really not it was supposed to be uh Alexa Grasso and um oh I I, I can't remember it was, but in any event it was supposed to be Alexa Grasso in there uh in the co-main event but we ended up with this one and Man, oh, I'm uh, so glad. Viviana Arujo. Sorry, just popped my head. Uh, yes, I had to get it Viviani, out of Viviana Arujo. Yeah, Arujo. Viviana. Yes, thank you. Um, and that was supposed to be the co-main event, and I feel like that was a perfect co-main event for Marlon Vera and Dominic Cruz, especially in San Diego. Um, because I believe, yeah, it, was, it was a nice build. Yeah, well, I believe um, Alexa Grasso trains out of San Diego now. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, I might be, but I, I'm thinking I've, yes, I think she is. Anyways, the point I'm making is that this was an unexpected diamond. The, uh, the UFC is really fortunate that this turned out, this whole card really was so unassuming on paper and it turned out to be just really awesome for entertainment value. I mean, good Lord, if you tuned in and you were you were just flipping channels and you were like paused over any fight on here, you would have caught a good fight. 
It's crazy. And and yet, uh, and yet snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. No freaking extra bonuses and the yeah. low, low pay. Because I'll tell you what, there's another, we'll talk to it in just a second. We'll address it. We're going to come right back around. But Eugene, what did you think of Nate Landwehr and David Onoma? It was it was a it was a, fan, a fantastic uh, uh, fight and uh, and this is the kind of for people who are confused about you know what what a, a fantastic fight looks like it, it it's like a function of will you know physical performance you know will technique and uh, de- desire which is very close to will but um, and both of these guys had it and it was an interesting point at which Onama's corner said after that i think after the second round you want to continue do you want to yeah. do you want to continue and i had the occasion of one of the most talented fighters i i've ever had the had pleasure of, of training with was in his first or second mma match and um and uh he was in a very similar situation except he was actually winning the fight and he went to his corner and the corner said uh, you don't have to go on if you don't want and the guy just kind of sat there, and they let him stop, and it ruined him. He stopped training. I've, I haven't, I've seen him once since then. So this was a nice example of pressuring, leading, encouraging, and it was nice to see Onama get back out there and go, I, I, think, I, can, I, I think I can. I think I can. I think yeah. I can. I think I can. And I knew it was right because when they announced it, you know, I, I, I think everybody felt okay with it. I think yeah. Onama felt okay with it. I think everybody that was a right and just call decision-wise, the judges did not blow it. Um, but it was everybody. Everybody came out of that a winner. Mm-hmm. And take a look at the bank accounts, and then you realize, oh. you know, dudes got done badly. But other than that, you know, after a certain point, you know, they weren't there for the money, maybe, you know. And I and I think they should move a translator out for Landwehr. <laughs> my, my man, that Tennessee thing. I, I I was looking for the subtitles. I didn't know what he was saying. So you know, he was he was happy. But I have no idea what it, but I heard mama don't raise no bitch. And then after that, I was, it was all pops and hisses for me. Right. So. Well, I'll say this, uh, unexpected Jim. And I think you hit it right on the head when you said everybody comes out a winner. And that is true. Um, if somebody said in the comments, Twitter, if you, you I mean, maybe weren't following last night that he said, uh, they said, what did they say? They said, uh, it was like watching a movie about MMA. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, That's I thought that was great. Th- yes, exactly. So, John, I got to get your take on this fight because, you know, that, that pay thing, golly, it stings when you watch a fight like that. Yeah, I mean, but it's, you know, it's they get paid what they're supposed to get paid. So that's... You can't argue. The man decided that the the price was determined by the market, and they could go somewhere else. They want. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But uh, I'm going to crap a little on the fight because as much as I thought it very enjoyable, very enjoyable. But it kind of reminds me of like Bonner versus Griffin, where everybody calls it like the greatest fight ever. When it's like it wasn't, but they weren't that good in the. You know, the, these guys. It was an entertaining fight, but it didn't. I mean, part of the reason it was entertaining. They didn't look that good. Overall, I didn't think they didn't look like high, like they could compete with higher end guys, and and that made it kind of a wild fight. The other thing is, I wouldn't have had a problem if Anam, Anama's corner stopped it after the first round. You mean after I the thought, second round? After the second round, I'm sorry. When his yeah. in the court, when he when they're asking him if he wants to continue, because you know, he ended up losing. He, t- he just he he took a lot of punishment. That was a lot of punishment. I don't know what his career going forward is going to be. But it's, you know, I 
I, I just don't know. You've got to wait. Does, did he take more and he's going to have a harder time going forward? Was the damage something he can't recover? Or is he is, is this the peak of his career anyways? And it was kind of pointless damage anyways. I mean, I don't I don't know. But uh, and you know what? I predict that if if they it's honestly, honestly, if they had paid them what they were worth for that fight we would not be having that discussion now, right? We would not, you would not be saying, oh, I wonder if, because what you're doing in your head, I think is assessing what he's given away versus what he's gotten. Mm. So what you're saying is, did he really need to take that third round based on what he's gotten, right? So. Well, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, but you'd also think it was on our, this, we could have seen the same fight on the regionals where they both got $800. I mean, that's yeah, just the way the fight yeah. business works is you, yeah. you know. Yeah. But for, the value of the what we got from the card, though, I think it it stands above. I think it stands head and shoulders above other fight night card yep. Yep. matches. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Especially unassuming matchups like like this one, because this was a, this one. I don't know why it just flew under the radar with me. And I feel I, like I, it did with both of you because nobody wanted to even pick this fight, and it, it's actually a ranked match. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was on the cut. If I remember, right, it was on the cusp of relevancy. And none of us felt like we needed to pick it. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, the yeah. entertainment value of that, all by itself, just how unassuming it was and what we got for it. I think it was great. It didn't. But they're they're cares now too. So yes. there's that. Yeah, it didn't matter to me that maybe it wasn't the most super technical thing. It was just that total entertainment display of two dudes. It was your classic slobber knocker. That's what it was. And I loved it. And I'll I'll watch these guys fight again anytime because they went hell for leather. I like that. That's Yeah, I don't want to take too much away because it it was. I, I found it incredibly entertaining. Uh, but I was just, you know, people are talking about these are like the, oh, this is an amazing, great, like, they, I, I just was, some of the Twitter talk was like, this was like one of the performances of the year and stuff. I'm like, well, it's partly, it's because it's not the best fight. In a weird way, Gabby Ward gets all the credit as the greatest fight ever, but part of the time, reason it's the greatest fight ever is, is Ward wasn't that good and just started flailing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of put this in that same category of like, yes, the the talent level might not be at the peak, but they're they're putting so much into it. It's entertaining. It's very entertaining. Yes, mm-hmm. I can see that. Now we're gonna get to another fight that was off the chart: the Jasmine versus Jasmine, or Yasmin versus Yasmin. That fight was a bonkers fight. That was fight of the night quality too, and yep. this stung a lot because. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo, you know, she got $12,000. That's what she got out of Yeah, man. And I just, yeah. man, I, I didn't have a problem with Warigi taking the decision. I wouldn't have had a problem if they'd given it to Lucindo. It did, wouldn't have mattered to me. It was pretty close on, in my book. But uh, the point I'm making is, is that the loser here, you know, she t- she gets to take home twelve thousand. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Well, and also I didn't like the fact that they. I'm sure they meant this as a positive draw as often as they kept mentioning it. Mm. The youngest fighter. She's been doing this since she was thirteen, and that you know I'm a father, right? So that made me really sad. My my daughters were competing and you know fight to win. They were competing in fights, being 
being uh, uh, reffed by uh, Rampage, right? But they weren't, it was not an expectation that they were going to do this for, for a career, you know? It was just, mm. it was this or soccer. So my daughters were doing it. When, but when I find out that, you know, he we got this 18-year-old, super promising, and she's getting job for 12 grand because what does an 18-year-old 18, 18 know? It just, uh, it's Well, she's 20. Uh, Lucinda's She's 20, 20 yeah, right. and Warigi is 23, but it, it cracked me up because Daniel Cormier made this comment. Ladies and gentlemen, you just saw a 23-year-old beat up oh, a 20-year-old, and I was like, I get the point what he was trying to make was that this is uh, the future of women's MMA. You're watching the future right in front of your eyes. It's unfolding yeah. right there. But he couldn't figure out how to put that point across. So he's, he sort of stumbles through that little line by saying that. And it struck me as funny because, you know, people out there are probably thinking, wow, this 23-year-old beat the crap out of a little baby 20-year-old. They're babies. Why are they fighting? I mean, no. Daniel Just... couldn't make it a smooth transition at all. It was like, whoa. <laughs> well, whoa. especially since, since what Dominic Cruz said about him earlier on in the week. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. It was like... don't, uh, don't kink shame, Steph. Some people <laughs> like that. That's... Yeah. Oh, oh, John. John. Oh. <laughs> You're awful, John. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get canceled, John is just doing his best today. <laughs> so I guess he's got to cut loose every once in a while. <laughs> since since Rose hasn't fought in a while, yeah, he's got to he's got to get his yayas out. So, all right, so let's talk about the fight that I picked that the boys didn't, and I'm glad I did because holy crap, Azamat Mirzakhanov is somebody worth watching. My goodness, he's still. Getting his sea legs under him, though, and I think John. Will... It'll be nice. It'll be nice to see him fight. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be nice to see him fight somebody who's fighting. Exactly, and that's what I was yeah. getting ready to say to John is that I couldn't. I even tweeted this last night that I couldn't tell if Mirzakhanov was really good or if Devin Clark was just really bad. And I think we have a combination of the two because Mirzakhanov is still unbeaten. And in 12 fights, you know, 12 victories, 10 of them have been big, huge finishes. And, you know, he's, he's doing well inside the UFC. Now, I feel like this was also a, quote, feeding. But it, it was a, he, it, he went into a frenzy. I loved it. Uh, it took him the whole first round to get a feel for Devin Clark, but by the second round, man, that was a mauling. I think that the the corner and the ref could have stopped that a lot sooner than they did. I don't know. I mean, I, Devin was pretty game in, in a in a weird way, but you know, he wasn't doing a Caleb Starnes, so that's my bottom, my basement level. But he was. Uh, like I tweeted out, the art of fighting without fighting. He was just in there, you know. But you know what? You know what? I shouldn't. Uh, I mean, maybe given what we know about how much folks were paid, maybe his attitude is what? Kill myself for that? <laughs> you know? So <laughs> maybe he's a man after my own true heart, like the, the old Marx Brothers thing, you know? Hey, I'm looking for a couple of tough guys. Really? Well, how much do you pay? He goes, what's that have to do with anything? Well, you, you pay a lot, we're a lot tough. You pay a little, we're, we're a little tough. You know, that's, you pay a little, yeah, you get a little tough. That's it. I'm not killing myself for you. Maybe that's the right way to think about things. Yeah. yeah. Um, John? 
Yeah, I just thought, I mean, we've seen enough of Clark to know that he's big, he's strong, he's not very technical, he's not very fast, mm. active, so, you know, he, he is, he's, I, I don't I'm guessing he's, you know, he's a win one, lose one type of UFC fighter, just a part of, it's a, it kind of sounds like a mean thing, but he's just a guy that's there that yeah. they can put a fight on. Yeah. 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 And I was curious about his saying he's going to deadlift 1,000 pounds, I was like, <laughs> Okay, as a guy who's deadlifted over 600 pounds, you know, uh, I, I, I want to see that. I, 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 you let me know when that happens. I'll be there. I, I, I will say he is jacked. And when he fought uh, Knight, who's equally or more jacked, that was, you know, that's the, that's the fights they should book with him. Just jack guys. So you can just <laughs> yeah, sit yeah. there and measure their jackness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> their jackness. Um, Devin Clark seems to me your classic to be announced guy. You know, mm, that's mm. the guy. He's just the the signature on the dotted line. That basically yeah. he's just filler. It's John, you Mr. That, Mr. TBA. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk about Priscilla Cashwera and Ariane Lipsky. Wow, Priscilla <laughs> Cashwera, she packs heat. Good God. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, we, it was like 45 seconds. Not much to say about it, right? I, except that was great. So She, she I, looked like a silverback beating them on the ground when she got her on mm. the ground. That was... Man, she is brutal. Brutal, brutal. I, I, And you know what? In six fights, she's won five. So we got to give her a second look next time around. That, that looked like one of those, uh, sorry, I, that, that looked one of those, uh, what's that, world star hip hop videos where you two people square, two <laughs> yeah. women square off and you finally yeah, see yeah. one of them can fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. just that kind of had that vibe like, oh crap, this is, this is just, you're in trouble. Yeah. Oh. I like it now that, that I, now I can pronounce her last name. Yeah, absolutely. And then we're going to get to a fight that I know. That we did, uh, we we picked this wrong, but I know that Eugene will probably enjoy because he has always liked Mearshart, but Mearshart is so undependable. He is a classic gick. Gicked, yep. And yep. he gicked it his way across Bruno Silva, and man, Bruno. But here's the thing: he outstruck him. When the hell <laughs> did Gerald Mearshart become a boxer? Yeah, right, right. Right. Yeah, you know, but the thing is, this is a knock that I've had uh, with Brazilian fighters before, and I, I think that Silva lost the head game. That somewhere toward the end of the first round, he decided, uh, I don't have this. And that was it. And that was it. Yeah, and of course, he gets the guillotine, but in the third, and after a sound beating all the way through. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John? Yeah, I, I had to sit and pause and remember what happened because, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. There's just way so many fights hard to remember. But he actually was a good performance. And yeah. I, all I was thinking when he did the guillotine was I was thinking, oh, no, this is Glover to share all over again. Yeah. yeah. Out of trouble oh. and you should have finished it. You're going to make it. But, no, I, I, it was a fitting way to put it. You know, I liked it because let's not give the guy any more brain damage. Let's just. Yeah. And then we get to Angela Hill and Lupe Godinez. And you know what? Lupe Godinez had that fight in the bag through the first round and she shit the bed. You know, she had even uh, knocked down Angie, but Angie had good recovery and she fought tooth and nail those last two rounds. That was, she got herself a unanimous decision too, but she fought tooth and nail. 
was classic yeah. Angie Hill performance. Yeah. Too bad I didn't follow my first mind and pick Angie Hill. I had some bad advice. Some, uh, some really bad advice. Hey, if I, I recall, it was John giving us both that advice. I can't help it. You guys had loyal friends. <laughs> ah, never again. Nie <laughs> wieder. My German. Never again. All right. Now we're going to get to the one robbery on the card and I'm going to, I'm going to strengthen this. I'm going to call it a robbery. I don't say this often, but, uh, Martin, Martin Boudet did not win that fight. I had Lucas Brzezinski taking the first two and it's arguable that Martin Boudet even took the third, but I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him on principle, but Brzezinski got robbed there. I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I'm hard pressed to care about this fight. Yeah, but I sat. I, I sat there and felt like I wanted to die watching it. So I watched it and I felt like uh, Brzezinski won. So I'm just mm. John. Could you? I yeah. I actually I missed this and the Hill fight because it, I had to handle some personal phone call stuff. So all right. <laughs> so all right. Well, we're gonna get to the that, that, bill collectors. No. <laughs> We're going to get uh, to I, Nina Nunez and Cynthia Calvillo. And listen, that was uh, Cynthia Calvillo, man, 35 years old. And this she just fell to nine and five now is her record. And Nina, Nina Nunez leaving her gloves, officially retiring, saying that she wants to coach and have more children and just enjoy life with you know, Amanda. And I, I love that. I love that she went out on a win. Uh, it was a man. I just, it was a great moment in there. And I know both of you will like this because that's the way you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I thought the fight was snoozeworthy. And I think the only reason it happened was because she's Nina Nunez, which I'm, fi- which I'm fine with that kind of cronyism, nepotism. Um, but I, I have an actually interesting sideline, whereas, uh, um, uh, and I, you know, it could just be something with you know I spy with my little eye, but I expected to see more warm togetherness. I I, I didn't see that. That was weird. Hmm. Trouble in paradise? I don't oh, know. Sons. What? I I mean, she's talking about how they they want more kids together. She was talking about she wanted more kids together. Yeah. She you know she she was saying she not even she wanted more kids. They didn't say anything about together. I mean, this is this is your big deal, your retirement deal. You got your family. You got your kid there. You got your wife there. This should, under normal circumstances should be like you know everybody should be hugging again. And I could see Amanda like say, I, I want to give her space to do her own thing, but it seemed like a little too spacey, too you know, I, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm, yeah, no, I'm 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 no relationship counselor. God, that's a, that's the big problem. Some households, some people want a lot of kids, some don't. That could be a way to way to way to way to stir the pot there, Eugene. I like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying what I saw. I just expected if I'm retiring, you know, it's an emotional thing. I'm hugging the wife. I'm hugging the baby. I'm trying to, you know, hold it together. 
I'm not make a believe my partner's not there, but whatever. Uh, you, know. you know, not only are you a nipple whistler, nipple whisper, you're, a, you're also at a relationship whisper. I, I'm going to take it as confirmation that there's trouble in paradise just because you said so. <laughs> hey, man, I've, I've done advice columns for over 20 years. Wow, you should do well to listen to me. Wait, wait, wait. I need to know what a nipple whistler is. <laughs> uh, steroid usage. No, by, I, I, said, by, I said whistler instead of whisper. That's what she's making fun oh, of you, Jane. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. That just cracked me up a nipple whistler. <laughs> that's all. That's, you know, again, don't kink shame. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, let's get to another great fight, though. Gabriel Benitez, Charlie Ontiveros. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't see this and pound. Jesus Christ, man. This was a good this is like they put two action fighters in their go bots and they just hit put hit the red button and they just went to town man it was awesome really awesome fight anybody yeah it was, it was good I, I just had space for a second because the I think the fights right before this had such dramatic endings I, yes, I kind of I kind of forgot about this one so I had a sit for a second remember but yes I, I it was a, it was actually an entertaining fight and Again, and the guy just got the crap beat on him at the end on the ground. So, yeah, it was- I can't I can't remember which fight I came in on, but I, I didn't get our, I didn't get in until two o'clock because I was training. Um. Well, then we're gonna get to Tyson Nam, another gift that we all like, but he is a gift. Yeah, Tyson Nam getting that counter right hook on Ode Osborne. Wow, something else, man. Special, special. So, anyways, that was uh, under three minutes. Typical gig. Anybody? Anybody? Else? No, I, 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 one of the coolest knockouts. I mean, you can't ask for anything better to get a guy mid flying knee. Yes, yes. Just stopped him like a train in the tracks. <laughs> um, and then we get to another sensational knockout. Left hook. Josh Quinlan just absolutely starching Jason Witt. Yikes, man, that was insane. And at that again, under three minutes, it was at two minutes and nine seconds. Phenomenal. It was outstanding. And then the the entry bout, it was a fight, you know? It's, it was a fight. Yusef Zalal took the major the majority draw over Damon Blackshear. And um you know, it was serviceable. You know, nothing to complain about or anything. It was, it was a fight, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. How about you, John? I came in on the Quinlan Wit fight, okay. so I missed this, which starts hard. All right. Well, now we're gonna look at UFC 278. But Eugene, you got to do your thing. Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, uh, work shy individuals, malingerers, fault finders. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter, and much more to do with the marketing you have to wait put behind you by the now no longer failed folks at in IPO folks at Endeavor and or the Baldwin and the UFC. If you don't like being the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple: fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us, bedwetters. Now, John, I need to ask you a little question here because this this makes me laugh. Uh, this is kind of clever promoting on their part by having this, and oh my goodness, this is so funny, in Salt Lake City, Utah, <laughs> so that they can actually say, hey, 
this fight sold out the arena. Am I right here? Yeah, I, I don't know. The UFC has been selling gang, but I think they could sell arenas a lot of places. So I, do I don't know. It's it just part. Do you think it would have sold out a big arena though? Well, they, I mean, people are starving for live events right now, and you put a right, you could put maybe a couple other different fights on the card with it. I think it, they could have gone somewhere and and, and done a pretty good attendance. I, I think they just, they just have a, they have a, a schedule to fill. They want to hit certain places, and I, maybe they got a site fee from Utah, so they go, oh, we'll go there. It's free money. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, uh, oh my goodness, big old numbered pay per view event. Coming to you live from Salt Lake yeah. City, Utah. Well, this is a, this is an example, though, of how the UFC doesn't care about... It's not the fight. The UFC uses their brand and not the fighters because you would go somewhere, the fighters the draw, but then the fighter has leverage because they're like, I'm the one that brought the fans. I guess, in the Bible Belt. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. They don't go places where the fighter can claim it's like my territory and I'm the... You know, they... It's like, oh, you're just, you're just on our ticket wherever we go. Yeah. Okay. See? There you go. All right. Question answered. Let's go ahead and talk about this card. So we're going to work our way from the bottom up. As always, we're using the topology quick sheet. Bout order is subject to change. First up, we have Victor Altamirano versus Daniel De Silva at flyweight. Um, not, not relevant enough for me. Flyweight's actually getting to be a little bit beefier, so I can afford to look past this and move on. How about you, gentlemen? I don't care. Right. You, 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 you covered it for me there. All right. Uh, next up, Alkiring versus Jay Perrin at bantamweight. Now, Alkiring, excuse me, is you know really he's he's entertaining. He's worth the watch. It's just, you know, Jay Perrin, that's the counterbalance there. And again, yeah. Bantamweight is super deep, and this probably isn't in the ring of relevancy, so I'm going to pass. Yeah. John? Yeah, no. Okay. I feel like I'm doing a good job uh, communicating all of our feelings here, so I'm going to Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I might just take a nap. <laughs> Next up, we have Amir Albazi versus Francisco Figueredo, the brother at flyweight. Again, beefy division, and, and it's not right where I want to uh, watch. Also, this card is 13 fights long. It is pay-per-view. I'm thinking pacing. I'm factoring in everything. So I'm going to pass. Gentlemen. Do not care. John. Um, um, yeah, Steph, I think you're I'm close to carrying, but no, no. Okay. All right. Next up, AJ Fletcher versus Angelusa at 170 pounds. And you know, I don't care. <laughs> just just a fight. Yeah, exactly. Eugene. No, 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 no. Nope. All right. Um, I, this one's getting a little warmer, but I'm I'm gonna pass on it anyways. Miranda Maverick versus Shauna Young. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, don't care. <laughs> no, no, and 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 like, look, look, I, people out there who might be, be getting kind of cranky with us at this point. You know, like I said, we've been watching a lot of fights, a lot more than that we cared about. So you know, 
and a I little mean, resistance is good for the game, I think. Exactly. And I mean, listen to what I'm saying here. A lot of these fights are filler on a fairly top heavy to weak pay-per-view card. You're gonna mm-hmm. pay eighty freaking dollars for this. Yeah, and exactly. I'm sorry, I don't feel that's a lot of bang for the buck what I'm reading off to you right now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. To, to be I'm, fair, this is the ESPN, ESPN plus free stuff or whatever the cheaper matter, the filler on a pay-per-view card that you're gonna pay eighty dollars to watch the top end of needs better fluffer. Okay. Eugene, yep. you you were in the porn business there for a little bit when you were working with Hustler. So you know what I mean. Fluffy. Uh, I'm not getting into fluffy. that. It's a family gotta, show. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. You got to give everybody. I'm going to plead the fifth. Ready for Eugene the... was the assistant fluffer. He couldn't even get the. <laughs> no, the key is if you have to change camera angles, yeah. you know, you need to ha- keep the male talent somehow aroused. But I've been on sets a number of times and I've not seen any, any, any fluffer. The time, every time I've been on the set, and there's usually somehow weirdly in Venice, he's like, handle your biz, go do what you got to do. You know, we got to get the set up. Uh, there, there were no fluffers by the time I was paying attention. The industry had already started to contract. So fluffers were like a nice anachronism, may have existed in the 80s. But by the 90s, when I was on sets covering covering the industry, I did not nary a fluffer to be seen. So Yeah, and that's why my family was uh, very poor growing up. My dad lost his job. As a fluffer. Yeah. Oh, see, I, you know, I was telling my friend John that I have turned into the old man from the Boondock Saints that, you know, he, he has the, all the mixed metaphors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my, my old lady moment here, you know, make like a tree, get the fuck out. Uh, that's, <clears throat> this is my moment now. I'm, I've turned into mixed metaphor old lady. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hey, you know, it was stitching time is a sheep over your wool <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh and goodness so. all right let's get to uh sean woodson versus luis saldana at featherweight you know what featherweight's an awesome division and it's so deep that i'm not going to care about this even though it's a great fight i'm i'm not caring about these on principle because again you want to watch the top end the pay-per-view end you got to pay 80 bucks and this is what you're getting for your 80 bucks all right this is what you're getting yeah exactly john well, I, I, yeah for the 80 buck part i only worry about the top five fights but even then this is I, you, you people can watch this be entertained but as steph said we've said many times we're curating this is not a fight i'm going to say you have to get there to watch yeah yep. if you're there watching fine but no i'm not going to say this is a fight i really need to see so no not not uh relevant enough to care see john has a different set of parameters because he said and i quote for the 80 bucks for me, it's about the top five. It's about the top end, the pay-per-view and the top five. <laughs> but for people like, um, you know, the average fan that might not be sitting as pretty as John is, all of those fights matter. And they better be juicy and beefy for my yep. $80 every month on top of my ever-rising subscription to ESPN. Yep. On top of whatever my cable subscriber, you know, whether it be Spectrum or Cox Cable or whatever, I got to pay that too. So it's not 
free. And it's for some people, every fight matters because every penny counts. Yep. So and for those people out there, I, I'm singing to you. All right. Okay. Let's get to the next fight. Perfectly serviceable fight. But again, this is a fight that belongs on a fight night card. And that's Luchi Pudalova versus uh, Wu Yanan. Oriana, yeah. oh, I can't remember quite. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's Wuyanan. I hope I'm saying it right. I mean, if I'm not, I, I, I apologize. I, in I, advance. I would argue this deserves to be in a dark match, but that's yes. slightly different. In any event, it's a fight I don't care about. It's women's bantamweight, and they don't, you know, they don't take off the relevancy meter or the uh, oh my god must watch meter. Yeah, I don't care. All right, John. John, you forgot right, the green not, button. It was no, no, no. I had a, I spilled a little coffee and I was cleaning it up. That's oh. my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who, no, I don't. I, who's lost a bunch in a row? Right, not that it matters, but yeah, I don't. I don't care. Exactly. All right, next up at one fifty-five. Um, I'm, I'm my, I guess whatever. Jared Gordon versus Leonardo Santos. Nope. Serviceable fight. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure that as I watch it, I'll go, huh, this is a good fight. And then the next time I see either one of their names, I'll go, eh, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. John? No. Yeah, very very much so. Did, didn't one of these guys lose to Clay Guida just recently? Like a year? Ah, oh, got Santos. it. Maybe I'm mistaken. Santos. Okay. That, yeah. not, see, right there, it makes it non-relevant. So, no, don't care. <laughs> That's a good barometer right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, Tyson Pedro versus Harry Hunsucker at 205 pounds. Okay, what? That yeah, I don't care. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not caring. Now, we're getting further and further away from this being a real possibility for 80 bucks. I mean, we're in this the card. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, Harry Hunsucker versus Tyson Pedro. I'm what? He's gonna he's gonna sell us a monorail. Oh yeah, Hunsucker proxy. Yeah. <laughs> oh good lord. Okay, next up. Um, all right. I'm I'm lukewarm here because I I I really like Alexander Romanov. We all do. The heavyweight prospect that you know he's that killer. I do like this fight. And he's he's they finally stepped him up and they're giving him Marcin Tybura. So this is a tough fight. Oh. With two guys that are ranked, that matter, that are interesting, that that both are crazy good finishers. Holy guacamole, I don't know which way I'm gonna go because in the past, every time Alexander fights, I pick him. But Marcin Tybura, that's a big step up from all his previous fights. A huge step up. So now I don't know which way I'm going to go. So actually, Eugene, I'm going to turn it over to you since Romanov is primarily, you know, a a tremendous grappler. Yeah, I like Marcin, though, but but I'm trending toward Romanov on this one. Yeah, I mean, Romanov, I mean, God, if I said Marcin, I meant Romanov is a tremendous grappler is who who I meant. So anyways, um, Romanov being the 
great great grappler and Typer. Still not still not worth eighty bucks. No, but I I will care about the fight though. It's my first yep. care on the card. So you're going yep. Romanov, John. Interested in how you're going? Well, firstly, I agree. The, the, the undercard, the non pay per view part, is just atrocious yep. for just for for anything to really draw your interest on this fight. I almost don't want to care because they're heavyweights, but I'm a little Romanov's a little intriguing. To see what, I gotta, I gotta care, and I gotta go with Romanov. All right, all right, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm. I just have this weird kinky feeling going on right now. Shoot. All right, I'm gonna go Romanov, but I'm not feeling super confident. But uh, if the if he dispatches Marcin Tybura, yeah, I'm I'm totally 100% on the train. Right now, I need to see this uh, to to fully get uh get hopped on there. So, all right, let's get to wow. All right, the top three fights are just hot fire. I will say this. Uh, the top three fights definitely belong on pay-per-view cards, but they cannot sustain an entire pay-per-view event. I'm sorry, 80 bucks for three fights, really. Four if you're being generous there with that Romanoff fight, but basically three fights that are pay-per-view quality, really. And we'll get to the very first one, which, my lord, I love this. Jose Aldo versus Mirabs Valashvili. Again, this is a pick 'em fight, but I'm gonna go Jose Aldo, baby. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I am. John. Well, from Young Frankenstein. What? Uh, I said that was my Peter Boyle from Young Frankenstein. Mm. Oh. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued by this fight. And I'm just just pure pure sentimental reasons. I'm going with Aldo. I think he's you know he's not what he was, but I still got a lot. So and I, and I and I want I, I have faith just to make me feel good about the old man stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm team old guy, but uh, I'm gonna be a contrarian in this one and go for because being team old guy and seeing team old guy win are two very different things. And uh, so I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call it from Marab. All right. Sounds like we have uh, sentimentality versus pragmatism over here. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna get to the co-main event. Please let this fight happen because I just, man, the the comical value that we're gonna get out of this is gonna be hilarious. Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. Pretty guy versus pretty guy. That um, I don't know that Paulo Costa is as phenomenal as we think he is. He seems to shit the bed a lot, but he's got tremendous power and he's a rock'em sock'em robot in there. And I like watching him fight. And then you have Luke Rockhold who thinks that he still has something. And I'm sorry, his way done and i am absolutely picking paulo costa here but it's gonna be uh i think a little bit funny at first i don't know why i just think that we're gonna get some comical moments out of this fight i i don't know costa is make makes me nervous but i i also think that luke is done okay uh, yeah i know i i i gotta i i mean luke is a 
career-wise, at his peak, Luke Rockland was the much better fighter. Oh, but yes. I think he's yeah. way past that. I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard. The last three, two or three times we've seen him, he's been crumpled on the canvas. So yeah. it's hard to get that image out of your head of him crumpled on the canvas, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I, I mean, it's. I, I don't mind this fight. I don't mind this fight on a pay-per-view. I, this is a terrible co-main. This is not that important. Jose fight. Aldo Davalishvili should be the co-main, right? It, it, much more than this. Oh, this man. is just like, this is a fight you put on it to see who still maybe has it mm-hmm. and has also, that name value. But. Also, as much as he's been flapping his jaws about fight or pay, I can't help but think the house always wins on this instance. And if it goes to, if it goes to the judges' scorecards, Dude's getting screwed, so uh, whatever. I, I just don't see. I, even the jungle wants him dead at this point, so. Yeah, so I guess we're all going Costa? Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. Main event time. Kamaru Usman, Leon Edwards. I mean, for me, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a Usman. Come on. I don't even have to look at this two times. So, so you're going for Edwards? No. Are <laughs> <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> John's going for Edwards, right? Oh, I did during 2008 primary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh my God, what was that guy's name? John Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh different okay. Edwards. Oh, you're not. Oh, the, the fights. Yes, no. No, I. Oh, I was panicked. I thought I blanked on his name for a second. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going for Kamaru as well. So. All right. Wow! All right, that—that's the horn. It means show's over. I—you <laughs> <So, John, laughs> I, I, got mine. I'm—I'm I'm going to Usman. I mean, because it's you—you you know, because MMA, there's a lot of variable, and there's always a chance that Usman's distracted by some of his life. I'll, I'm never surprised by an upset, but I gotta—I think over, pretty pretty likely Usman takes this. Yeah, I think you're right. So, um, looks like we all picked the same four fights, but we have one dissenting opinion, and that is in the Aldo Davalishvili fight. John and I are going for Aldo, and Eugene is going for Davalishvili. We're all going for Kamaru Usman, we're all going for Alexander Romanov, and we're all going for Paulo Costa. So on that note, except, gonna... except one brave, insightful, intelligent, studious member of the, the fourth, fifth estate, fourth column, <laughs> fourth estate, oh he has paid a pick that deviated from the pack and will therefore emerge victorious. We'll see. We'll see next <clears> week. <throat> so uh, on that note, we're going to wrap up. Eugene, tell us what you got, where we can find you. Uh, I got a uh, uh, live five this week. I'll tweet out if you guys follow me on the Twitter machine with Sophia Chang, the self-proclaimed baddest bitch in the room, woman who signed the Wu-Tang, uh, among others. Uh, so she stopped in for a live five uh, this week. So that'll be going up on long duty Monday or Tuesday. I got uh, the Substack. Got uh, the Eugene S. Robson Show Stomper Tuesday. Got if the shoes fit back in action. Uh, so that, that'll be good. And uh, just trying to make it throughout the week without dying. <laughs> All right. John. Good luck on that. Yeah, man. <laughs> John, what you got going? Uh, I, I'm going to try to make through the week. And be, by trying to kill Eugene, that's my goal for the week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this week I got, uh, I'm on Hey Not The Face on Twitter. I don't think, I think it's Nate's week, not mine, and if the shoe fits, but I'm not sure yet. 
I'm back next week. Oh. I care, don't care. Uh, I have, I did, I wrote something on contracts and it's on hold because there's someone else that we're talking about merging our stuff together. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. So that might come out this way. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I have that piece actually written done. So that's something I did and I should, I, I've really got a really busy work schedule. So there's a lot of stuff I want to work on, but I don't know, maybe I'm going to get, maybe I'll talk to Anton or a few other guys. And maybe we can like, I can just hand my stuff off to them and they can finish it for me. We'll see. Hey, I could recommend the book for you that you know the the seven procrastination things by alexi ald that's a great book you should get it, get your hands on that yeah i, 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 I have it it's holding up this desk right now the seventh seal of the eighth wonder of something on procrastination yada 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 yeah i haven't got a chance to read it yet so you know I, i'm gonna get to it tomorrow i'll probably get to it tomorrow. that's oh god you, you don't even know his book you don't know his book. That's the seven seven secrets of uh, seven secret sources of inspiration and procrastinators. <laughs> for, for those who procrastinate or something like that. Oh yeah, well, yeah. So let me look at it. What it says: a snappy uh, guide for creative procrastinators. Uh, see, there you go. Yeah, I have a copy. <laughs> oh. Have you read it? Uh, um. Come on, I've read mine. <laughs> Some somebody's gonna go and bust y'all. Yeah, exactly. There's gonna be a quiz on Tuesday. <laughs> well, thank oh. God I'm not on this. I got a whole extra week probably to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All right, guys. Um, on that note, we're gonna wrap it up. So until next time, please take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content. Hop over to the Bloody Elbow Presents SoundCloud and iTunes pages, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We are also on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents, and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, The Mookie and Crookie Show, the MMA Vivisection, the Level Change Podcast, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, exclusive fighter interviews, show money, and radio style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, at Bloody Elbow, Facebook, at facebook.com slash bloody elbow blog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com.